In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. We've got much to tackle in our Gospel excerpt this weekend, so we'll take a brief look at both our first reading and second reading before we get there. In the first reading, Abraham is pleading for any righteous people who live in the city of Sodom. Since the city has turned to such sinful behavior, could there be anyone still good left in it? And if so, would God change his mind about destroying the city because of them? Now, we know the phrase, one bad apple spoils the bunch, but this story shows us the opposite is true when it comes to God. Abraham gets God to concede that if just ten righteous people live in Sodom, he won't destroy the city because of them. The lesson is that the witness of the righteous can sway God's heart to great mercy. Paul is talking once again to the Christians in Colossae in our second reading. And in the second half of the excerpt, he uses a beautifully powerful image. But in order to understand it better, we need to be reminded that, at the time, sins were seen as debts before God. Think of the language of the Our Father, which is sometimes translated as, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. After all, this is literally what the word in the Our Father means in Greek, to owe something. So Paul says that there's a debt that the sinners owe to God, a bond of sorts. The word he uses for this bond is something like an ancient IOU note. Those who were in debt would write this bond, a kairographon in Greek, as a legal document which outlined what they owed. But then God, in Paul's own words, obliterates this bond against us with its legal claims which was opposed to us. Paul says that this kairographon, this IOU, is removed from our midst, having been nailed to the cross. It's as if God doesn't just erase the IOU of humanity's sinfulness, but in fact, he takes it and nails it right to the cross. It's wiped out forever. We turn now to the gospel passage, and it begins with the most famous prayer in all of Christianity, the Our Father. But this version is a bit different than Matthew's version, which we recite at Mass. Luke's version is shorter. There are a number of debates regarding some of the words used in this prayer, such as just what is meant by the final test. But chief among the debates about the words of this prayer is just what Jesus means when he talks about the daily bread. In Greek, this word is epiousion. But here's the tricky part. Epiousion is not used anywhere else in the entire Bible, nor is it used anywhere else in any other piece of Greek literature we have from years before or after Jesus. There's been a ton of scholars who have looked at this word, and they've narrowed down three possibilities for its meaning. It could be daily bread, it could be future bread, or it could be necessary bread. Our translation at Mass, of course, chooses daily, and that's what we say each time we pray the prayer. After giving his followers the Our Father, then Jesus tells a story. Imagine three people. We'll call the first person the traveler, the second the host, and the third, the friend. The traveler arrives in the middle of the night and knocks on the door of the host. The host greets him, but realizes he has nothing to feed him. So then the host goes to the friend and asks him to give him some bread for the traveler. That's the story Jesus tells. But the main character of the story is not the traveler, nor is it the host. The main character here is the friend. Will he give him the bread or not? Back at that time, bread was baked each day in communal ovens. Multiple households would bake bread together. Thus, the host and his family would have known who, for whatever reason, baked extra bread that day in the village. 
But if his friend refuses to give him the extra bread, then he'll bring shame upon himself, his friend, and the entire village. Because after all, extending hospitality to this traveler is a very important thing. It was seen as a duty in the ancient world. In this spirit, then, Jesus comments in the story that if he does not get up to give the visitor the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. Jesus' point in the story is this. If this friend has his arm twisted to give the host whatever he wants, how much more will God the Father give to his children what they are asking for in prayer? To drive the point home, Jesus asks, What father among you would hand his son a snake when he asks for a fish, or hand him a scorpion when he asks for an egg? Some scholars point out that these pairs of items resemble one another. For example, a snake is scaly like a fish, and a scorpion, curled up into a ball, looks like an egg. But if we, who are wicked, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will the Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year C. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.